Hallelujah. Well, if you're not, uh, get started. Amen. Bring your best expectation. And I'm telling you, uh, he really, uh, other than Reverend Kamel, we're so blessed in our church to be in fellowship with Reverend Kamel because the real office of the evangelist is so rare, you know. Uh, and uh, we get to know one and see one in operation, but uh, Reverend Richard Roberts is one of those as well. And, uh, and so got such a strong and wonderfully unique uh, way that God uses him to bring physical healing to, uh, to people. The words of knowledge that God will manifest in him are wonderful. And, and we just encourage you to uh, invite people. Amen. And he's a wonderful storyteller. You'll be, you'll be captivated. And uh, praise God. Bring, bring somebody with you. Invite your coworkers, your friends, your neighbors, your enemies, the tax collectors, you know, everybody. Praise God. And uh, let's get everybody you don't like born again during these meetings. Amen. <laughs> and uh, we'll have a good time. So open your Bibles, if you would, please, this morning to 1 Timothy. 1 Timothy chapter 6. Amen. And uh, y'all pray for me. I'm preaching in front of my daddy today. He's a, he's a scholarly person in the Word. So, uh, amen. Glory to God. Well, for a number of weeks, Brother David Hedrick told me this will be uh, sermon number 10 in a row. On the subject of faith, and uh, so we're, uh, it's, it's great to be a pastor. You just show up every Sunday, and you can just uh, dig into a subject, you know, turn over every rock and look under every leaf, if you will, and, uh, and just, just really be, gain some skill in any area. Amen? And uh, there's nothing more important in your life, Reverend Connell, than your faith. Nothing. <coughs> nothing more important, Miss Karen, in your life than your faith. So what about getting saved? Well, you can't get saved without your faith. It takes faith to be saved. Amen? Well, healing's important to me. That's what I'm talking about. There's nothing more important in your life, amen, than your faith. will say, well, what about love, love, love? Well, if you're going to walk by faith, you're going to have to address love because faith worketh by love. Amen? And so uh, anytime we have opportunity to center the uh, ministry of the Word on the subject of faith, we're blessed. We're blessed. Don't ever let yourself get tired, amen, of hearing the Word over and over and over again on things that you've heard a thousand times because faith doesn't come by having heard. Faith comes by hearing. Amen? And we want to stay current. And on, you need your faith in these days more than ever. Amen? And uh, thank God, faith is the life God has called us to live. He has authored the life of faith for us. Why? Because it's the best way to live. You know, I, I know what it's like to live like an emotional, um, you know, be an emotional yo-yo. Up one minute, down the next. You know, emotions are fickle. Feelings are fickle. You wake up in the morning riding high and want to kill yourself at night. I'm serious, and that is no way to live. Or to have to live like, a, like a, a billiard ball, like a pool table ball, and just get, that's right, Brother Brett, just get knocked around. And that's what people, you know, that's the way they act. They're just reacting. They're reacting to uh, this circumstance and this attack and this happened and that happened, and, and they're not going anywhere. They're being beaten and moved around by the winds and the forces of life. Amen. But I tell you what, like we were talking about last week, if you will just set your rudder, if you will just set your rudder, what do I mean by that? James, we're not going there, but James chapter 2 says that your tongue, my tongue is the rudder of my life. 
Amen? That the mouth is an unruly evil, that it must be tamed. The natural man, the Bible says, cannot tame the tongue, but by the grace and the power of God and of the Holy Spirit within, we can harness the power of our mouth. James said, right there in your mouth, you have the ability both to bless and to curse. It says, with men, with the tongue, we bless God with our tongue. And then we curse and talk negative about men. And James said, these things ought not to be so. Amen? Praise God. You know, a blackberry bush is only going to produce blackberries. Amen? And our tongue ought to be a well of blessing only. And we've all dealt with it, right? We talk good for a minute, and then we get hot mad and, you know, give people a piece of our mind, and we've sinned with our mouth. Amen? The Bible says that the tongue is so set, designed by God in the member of our overall makeup that we can set on fire the course of hell. Remember how we talked about how James gave the illustration of the ship. And though the ship is so very large and the rudder is so very small, yet the helmsman can steer that great ship, navigate that ship where it wants to go, regardless of how forceful, how, how great the forces are, the currents, the waves, the wind, the storm, the ship itself can be controlled by a very small member. Remember I told you that engineers say that the size of a rudder to be proper is only to be 2%, one and a half to 2% of the entire length of the ship is all it needs. Amen? And you take that, you know, the aircraft carrier that you were on, uh, how many soldiers could it, how many personnel could it carry? 4,300 human beings could live on that ship for months on end. Amen? And yet with a rudder that is only 2% the length of that great carrier, can control that thing. Amen? Your tongue is the rudder of your life. Just like the bit in the horse's mouth. We can control those powerful animals with a little bit. And you can steer. You are the prophet of your own life. Death and life are in the power of your tongue. Amen? And they that love it, what's that mean? Love the fruit of that revelation. will eat the fruit of it. Praise God. And so we've been for a number of weeks talking, of course, about faith, teaching on faith, but we've been endeavoring to just drill into us more the importance of our words. Amen? Once faith comes alive in our heart, and we know how to get to that place, right? By feeding on the Word of God, by meditating upon the Word of God, by sowing the incorruptible seed of the Word of God on finances, on peace of mind, on who we are in Christ, on divine protection, on what the angels can do. Amen. On the goodness of God, the power of God, the gifts of the... When we sow the Word of God into about our health and our healing and all that God has to say, that, that Word acts like a seed and it germinates. The human heart is like dirt. You put a thorn bush in the dirt, it don't care. It's going to reproduce that seed. Amen. But if you put an apple seed in there, the earth don't care. It doesn't, it's just going to grow and reproduce and give life to what's put in it. And if the fruit of our life is bad, that means what we've put into our heart is bad. But the good news is, is that we can flush the bad stuff out of our heart. 
the doubt, the questioning, the evil, the rebelliousness, the disobedience, the, the ignorance. We can replace all of that that's been in our heart with the Word, with the Word of God. But you've got to stay with it. I didn't develop the measure of faith that I have right now, and I'm not near happy with it. I'm still growing and stretching the, my measure of faith. Amen. I, I'm working on a million dollars. I want my I need to get my measure of faith up to a million dollars. Actually, a little less because our financial gal told us that the debt on the building dropped below a million dollars. Hallelujah. Glory to God. And but we're I'm I'm I can't say I'm believing for it to be paid off yet. I hope it will. I'm working on it. Amen. But what I'm doing is I'm feeding on the bigness of God. I'm feeding on the Word of God. And like I said, I'll put the quarter in, the good, the good deposit into the Coke machine. You know by the sound, don't you, when you lost a quarter? Have you ever heard that? Like, oh, you lost a quarter in the machine. But you know by the sound, amen, when you got a good quarter in the machine because it went kerplunk. It landed in the bottom. And you'll know if you'll just keep feeding. You, you won't believe it at first. You know, uh, the world and, and sin and darkness will tell you all kinds of lies about yourself. And you don't change that inner image of yourself overnight. But if you'll keep feeding on who you are in Christ, if you'll keep feeding on what the Word says about you, you won't even believe it at first. You won't believe you're the righteousness of God the first time you see that Scripture. Especially when you've been around religion that's told you that there, there ain't none righteous, none. We're all like filthy rags. Well, yeah, in and of ourselves, but Jesus died for us. Amen. And His righteousness has been imputed to our account, and we have been made right with God by faith in what Jesus did for us. Amen. But you'll still feel like a worm. You'll still feel like an unworthy sinner, but if you'll just keep feeding on that truth, feeding on that truth, eventually it'll go kerplunk on the inside of you, and that revelation will come alive. And see, once that happens in any area, now you have faith. And don't try to move, don't try to do anything until you have that on the inside. Well, how will I know? You'll know. You won't have any more questions. Am I healed? Am I not healed? You won't have any more questions. That seed of His promise of healing will have taken root and germinated. The blade will spring forth. It may not be fully developed, but oh, it don't really. You've got that. And no one can take it away from you. No ache, no pain, no doctor report. When the Word of God takes root in your heart, can take it away from you. But believers have to work the process. You have to sow the Word. You can't just skip ahead and say, well, I agree with what pastor preached, therefore I'm I believe I'm healed. No, you want to be healed, and you could be healed, but you have to have faith to be healed. How's faith come? By hearing the Word of God. So it doesn't matter how sick you are. It doesn't matter how broke you are. It doesn't matter how damaged you are. If you'll get in the Word and start sowing the Word into your heart, the Word will make you what it says it is. The Word, you don't have to make you what God wants to make you. The Word will make you what you need to be. He'll make you the father you want to be. The Word of God will make you the husband you want to be. Amen? You just feed on the Word. That's all I do. When God confronted me with a bad habit of lying, I mean, I had a Ph.D. in lying. I had an honorary doctorate in lying at one time in my life. 
I had lies flowing out of my mouth. Uh, you know, uh, I, I'm trying to get them back. Like, where are they coming from? Right? But I took the Word of God at His instruction, and I fed on those Scriptures that every liar has his part in the lake of fire, that no lie will go unpunished, that lying, yes, and speaking falsehood is an abomination unto God. And I made myself look at those Scriptures. I confessed those Scriptures. I said, this is what I am if I keep lying. And the power of those words drove that out of me. Are you with me? The Bible says there is no word from God that is void of power. No, right? Remember how God set up creation? Every seed reproduces after its own kind. That's how God set it up. So my, my wife was just drying out okra seeds. And she was showing me, look at this. This one okra seed will produce all these okra plants. And they'll have all those seeds in them. And all I need is, is to just preserve a few. And, which, and you do that a couple of times, and you've got mega increase. But I know if she sows that okra seed this coming gardening season, it's not going to make cucumbers. Every seed reproduces after its own kind. The Bible says the Word of God is the incorruptible seed, and that seed will reproduce after its own kind. This is why you can be a champ in faith regarding finances and a wimp in faith when it comes to physical health. Because you've got a revelation in one area, but you've neglected to feed on the Word of God in this other area. I don't want to have a nice, hard, mounded bicep and flap under here. You know? Wavy, wavy. Well, if I want to be firm on both sides of the bone, what am I going to have to do? I'm going to have to work this way and this way. Amen? So you can't be a one-topic Christian. I'm just interested in salvation. I'm just interested in the Holy Ghost. I'm just in. No, we need to be well-rounded in our faith. You need to feed on healing scriptures. You need to feed on victory scriptures. You need to feed on prosperity scriptures. You need to feed on divine protection promises. Well, I just trust that if God wants me to have a blessing, I'll have it. No, we know better than that now in this church. We know better than that religious lie. He's given us a, a seed store. And it's up to us to to decide what kind of crop we want. She, she plans it out. What kind of harvest do we want? We don't want just okra. I like okra, but not all year. How about a tomato? How about some greens? How about some onions? How about some potatoes? Well, if we want that, what do we have to do? you got to sow all of that. you got to nurture all of that. you got to take care of all of that. What kind of spiritual harvest, what kind of life do you want to have? That's why it's important where you go to church. Amen? You don't want to go to church and just have the same seed sown into you all the time. Salvation, 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 salvation. Well, eventually everybody will be saved. Then what are you going to preach? Really, thank, thank, thank God for salvation. But we need to go on from the cross to the upper room. You know, the baptism with the Holy Ghost. But then they didn't stay and bask there in the baptism with the Holy Ghost. They began to go out and work for God. We need to go from the cross to the upper room to go out and work for God and grow up in the things of God. Amen.
Amen. Well, I better get to my notes, huh? We better start this sermon. <laughs> Hallelujah. 1 Timothy chapter 6. We were here last week. In verse number 12, the Spirit of God and the great Apostle Paul said these words, Fight. Come on, you've got to be a fighter. Well, I, you know, I, I'm, I'm a sweet person. Fine, good, but you can't be sweet on the devil. That's not going to work. You got to learn to get mean on the devil, mean on doubt and unbelief, mean on religion. Amen. Paul said, the Bible says, fight. It didn't say, let go and let God. Did it? Trust God. K Sarah Sarah. Whatsoever will be, will be. If he wants to heal me, he will. We've learned by experience that doesn't work. That doesn't work. Amen. The Bible says God has given unto all of us all things that pertain unto life and godliness, but they must be received and appropriated by faith. Well, what if we don't receive and appropriate by faith the things that God's already given? We will not have it. We will go without it. It's not a matter of God, lo God loving us or not. He loves us all. We have to understand His way. And His way is faith. God is not a respecter of persons. He's not picking winners and losers. He's not deciding who's going to be healed and who He chooses not to heal. He will, what did we sing about? He hastens His word to perform it. What word is he going to perform in my life? The word I stand on. The word I trust him in. Keep your finger here, but let's go to a book that's close by. Let's go to Hebrews chapter 4. <clears throat> Hebrews chapter 4. It's just a few pages in my Bible to the right. Say amen when you find it. Look at the third, uh, da, 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 look at the second verse. Ah, let's read verse 1 and 2. It says, let us therefore fear, lest a promise, let's, let's say the healing promise, lest a promise being left us of entering into his rest, any of you should seem to come short of it. Is it possible to come short of a promise from God? If it was not possible, this verse would not be here. And he says that we should fear, not be afraid, but we should have a regard and a reverence that this is possible. That Jesus bore those stripes and he took that beating so that by his stripes we could be healed and you could go without the benefit. I could go without the benefit. I could come short of what he promised. Amen. Continue reading with me in verse 2. It says, For unto us was the good news the gospel preached, as well as unto them, meaning the Israelites. But the word preached did not profit them. Can a word from God be proclaimed and preached to a people that it is meant to benefit them, to help them, set them free, deliver them, heal them, prosper them, and it not profit them? Well, I mean, I'm just a simple, simple man. 
I don't think there's a matter of interpretive Greek, you know, problem here with what he's saying. Well, why did they come short of it? Why did the word not profit them? They did not mix faith in what they heard. See, this, this explains a lot how you could come to a church like this and hear, okay, the word of faith preached and leave here and be, this, be just as sick as you ever were, just as broke as you ever were, just as defeated, just as bound as you ever were. Hearing the word that would absolutely raise you up, heal your body, open your blind eyes, drive out sickness and pain, prosper your life, heal your marriage, set you free from every addiction and bond, and leave here exactly the same week after week after week. Because my job is to preach it, but your job is to mix faith with it. Right? We go out hiking, we've got the dehydrated meal. The dehydrated meal people, they did their part. They took the ingredients, they put it in the bag, they dried it all out, they, they did their part. Well, it's not going to be edible unless I do my part. If I don't mix water with what was provided, I won't have a meal. Not worth, not worth eating. They're barely worth eating anyway. <laughs> have you ever had one of those? Amen. I mean, bring the salt. Hallelujah. But you see what I mean? There's an ingredient you must add. It's like Dr. Jacobs talks about, you know, when he was had the rusty car and he got to Bondo and that, that you had to add an agent with it. It sold it, but you had to mix those things together to put it on the car and smooth out and to fill the rust hole, right? But the Bondo without the active agent, the catalyst, it's not worth anything. Our eternity. How, how, how much the angels help us or have to just stand there and watch us bump our head against the wall? The power of God that could raise up the dead. The same spirit, we sang about it again today, that raised up the dead is living on the inside of us. And we could have no benefit other than maybe salvation. When the very same one that raised Jesus from the dead is living in you and you're enduring a headache, an elbow pain, a this, a that, a bursitis, and all that, why? Why? I don't have any of that. Not because I'm special. Amen. I do what Sister Joy does. She gets attacked in her body like she had been. I, I, if I, I get in the line. I, I have healing power ministered to me. She testified during the meet and greet that she hasn't been able to lay on this side that she had me lay my hand on, even in the bed. And she fell out in the Holy Ghost on that side and had no pain. And left that moment with just a faint twinge. It's all leaving. See, God can do amazing and wonderful, miraculous things. And He wants to in your life. But you have the catalyst in your pocket. It is up to you and it is up to me to mix our faith with the word that we hear preached. Amen. All right, let's go to another book to the right. And uh, we're going to take another step forward. We're doing great on time. Y'all are just chilled, right? You can, right? You don't want to be at the mall right now anyway. Right? Praise God. This is where you want to be, right here. We're not going to keep you unduly anyway. 
So we talked about how that faith must come. We know how to get it. We, we might not have any faith, but we know how to get faith. Faith comes by hearing. We know that the word is to be worked like a seed, like a farmer would work a seed. But then now we have talked about how that once faith comes, faith must be released. See, you could, people have died with faith to be healed in their heart. Just like you could starve to death with a pantry full of food. Right? If you don't eat the food, if you don't put the food to work. People have lived homeless, impoverished lives, and when they found their dead corpses in the winter in the alley, they pulled off a money belt that was stuffed full of cash. They had money, but it didn't do them any good because they didn't spend it. Once you get faith, you've got to spend your faith. You've got to put your faith to work. Well, for a number of weeks now, we've been talking about talking, speaking. is a primary way that we work our faith, but that's not the only way. Amen? Our faith must also be acted out. This is the truth I want to introduce today is, and that is faith is an act. Faith is an action. Our faith, if it's real faith, is backed up. It is, it is worked in not only words, but in action. If what you say you believe doesn't move you to act in agreement with it, then it's not real faith. Not yet. It's like the real guy, true story, that uh, went across Niagara Falls several times walking on a tightrope, demonstrated several times he, he could walk across there with ease. Then they gave him a wheelbarrow, and he walked, he, he walked that wheelbarrow across Niagara Falls several times, demonstrating he could do it. And then a crowd had gathered, and, and he said to the crowd, Brother Hugh, who here believes that I could carry a human across this in the wheelbarrow? I do. People would shout, I do. I believe you could do it. I've seen you do it. You can walk across. You've done it several times. I believe you could do it. He said, get in. He had no takers. Now, you know what they might, they might say? I believe, but you got to use some wisdom. Wisdom's a real thing. But the Bible says in Proverbs, there is no wisdom against the Word. None of them, in all their shouting, in all their hooping and hollering, I believe that you can do it. None of them believed it. Because they would not act on what they believed. Amen? So you say you believe you're well. Really? Why do you keep wanting your wife to pet you all the time with a warm washcloth? Why can't you make your own soup then, healed boy? <laughs> or do you like the attention you're getting? Ladies too. Amen? So you say you believe that God blesses the tither. Let me see your register. 
Let me see your book. Well, it's been tight this month. You don't believe. You don't believe. Yeah. If your faith does not move you to act in line and in accordance with what you say you believe, you're kidding yourself and you're kidding everybody else trying to, but God is not fooled. In James chapter 2, verse 17, I'll go ahead and read the Amplified. It says, So also faith, if it does not have works, the Amplified adds deeds and actions of obedience to back it up, by itself is destitute of power. Faith that is not acted on is destitute of power. So many of us, what we, to get to the other side, for the manifestation to happen, God's power must work. God must employ His power. His power must come into manifestation. Well, faith that's of the heart and even just in the mouth but not backed up by actions that correspond is faith that's dead. It's inoperative. Sure gets quiet. You mean I, I really got to do something? You got to do something. We bought this land in 2005 at the Lord's direction. Total miracle. And uh, I said, okay, God, you told me to build. You told me to move. I don't want to spend the next 10 years paying off this land. What do I do? You know what, Rex? I wished I had not asked the question. I wish, a lot of y'all probably wish, if you were with us back then, that I had not asked God the question. Because in response to my question, God said, sell your building. What? Sell my building. Father, I have soybeans. That's what I just bought. I got dirt and soybeans. I don't have a building to move into, sir. As if he didn't know. But he told me to move. He said, we're going to move. We're going to build a building. We're going to come here. So we have land. I said, what do I do to pay it off? He said, sell your building. What are we going to do? You're going to have faith. That's what you're going to do. Amen? So I, I, I a little half-heartedly obeyed him. We didn't, have a, we didn't have approved blueprints at that time. We did not have approved financing. I had not talked to one banker when God told me this. So here we are, April 2006. Had a great Easter service, and then uh, all changed our clothes. You remember that? And loaded to U-Haul. We had sold our building. Had enough money to pay the land off and uh, most of our architectural fee and had enough money to scrape the ground, put some red rock down. And you know where we, you all know where we went, right? We didn't go to the St. Regis ballroom. We moved up the street two blocks to an A-frame 1940s building with blue plexiglass windows and blue shag carpet with one upstairs bathroom, and it was in the back of the sanctuary. If I'm preaching and you open the door too wide, I could say hi to you while you went to the restroom. <laughs> Musty basement sun, Sunday school. But listen, what did we do? We launched out. What is faith? Faith is an action. Faith is a walk with God. Faith is about hearing from God and then doing what you hear Him say or what the Word of God says when it looks like it's the dumbest thing in the world you've ever done. Faith 
is an action. Skip down to verse 21 and 22 of James 2. It says, Was not our forefather Abraham shown to be justified, made acceptable to God by his works or by his actions, when he brought to the altar as an offering his own son Isaac? You see that his faith was cooperating with his works. They matched. Do your actions match what you say you believe? This is what gives Christians a bad reputation with the world. We proclaim a holy Jesus and live like heathens. Yeah. Watch what they watch, go where they go, do what they do. They're smart. They know you don't. He must not be that holy. He's not dealing with you. Amen. Talk about our God of miracles. He's Jehovah Jireh. He's Jehovah Jireh. And, and as a tip, we write, God is Jehovah Jireh, sweetie, uh, to the waitress. I hope you're blessed today. Here's a track. No money. No, no money on the tip. It turns people off. Your actions don't back up what you say you believe. Amen. So Abraham, his works backed up what his faith proclaimed. And his faith was completed and reached its supreme expression when he implemented it. I love that. He implemented his faith by doing something. So God said, I'm going to bring the Messiah in through your son, your miracle son. And through him, you'll have descendants too great to count like the stars in the sky. And a couple of years later, God says, take him up on a mountain and kill him there. Well, how does that work? How does God further a multi-generational, how does he birth a nation through the loins of a dead son? Dead at my hand. When God promised me I'd have a son, I spent 25 years believing God for this boy. You know what? Without hesitation. He didn't even ask Sarah. I don't know how that worked in his marriage, but I mean, if I got home and told that story... I'd be in the dog house. You did what? He marched that boy out there. He laid him on the wood altar. And he told his servants before he went up the mountain, the lad and I will be back. You want to talk about faith. He said, y'all stay here. My son and I are going up. He didn't tell the son, you're the sacrifice. But he told his servants, the lad and I will be back. And Hebrews 11 says of Abraham's faith that in a sense he had received Isaac back from the dead. He said, God told me to kill him. I will kill him because God's the boss and I am not. I am just here to do what he said. But he told me, he promised me that that boy would live. And through his loins, a great nation would be born through which the Messiah would come and all the families of the earth would be blessed. So if I kill him, he'll have to raise him from the dead. And that's what he fully expected him to do is he raised the knife. Woo! Man, I'm telling you what, that is faith. And God sent the angel down there and said, Whoa, Abraham, stop, stop, stop. Had to tell him twice. You tell a man of faith, God tell a man of faith to do something, he will do it. 
This is why Abraham is called the father of our faith. We are to look to him. God isn't asking for us to do some great thing. But when faith comes alive in your heart, you've been sick, you've been dealing with symptoms, and you're, you're resting, and you're feeding on the word of God, and you're sowing that healing word into your heart, faith's going to arise. Now, your body's not going to feel any better, but faith is going to arise in your heart. And what you have to do is you have to implement your faith. If you're going to have God's power, you've got to do something. You've got to turn the switch of faith on. So you do that by speaking it and doing it. Right? Let's go to maybe one more place here. Y'all all right? Acts chapter 14. I'm enjoying this little sermon here. We need to be looking for ways to act on our faith. Now, remember, it's been, it's been a lot of weeks now, but I said there is a fine but definite line between faith and foolishness. So people say, well, I believe God's filled my barn with plenty and start writing checks because you're acting on your faith. No, that's called hot check. That's called illegal. That's called dumb. Now write the check. Put it in a drawer. You go as far as you can, but you don't do dumb stuff. You don't go, I believe I received, you know, 2010 vision and throw your glasses away and get in a car. Not while I'm driving out there, not while my kids are out there. People have thought that they were, you know, acting in faith, throwing their medicine away or not keeping a doctor's appointment. Listen, here's the point. Did God tell you to do that? Did God tell you to throw your glasses away? Did God tell you to skip the doctor appointment? Did God tell you not to take the medicine? If he did, you can have faith for that. And if you know that's a real faith action, it will work. You'll have vision when you get in the car. But if you get out there and you can't see nothing, put your glasses back on. You wouldn't think you have to tell Christians this kind of stuff, but you do. This is how people get over and do faith, foolish, weird stuff, and then we get all criticized for what we preach at the same time. For two weeks, I had, remember I had that pain that radiated up and down my leg, and I'd been to the doctor, and I'd, I'd, I'd had MRIs and x-rays, and, and I got to where I had to, I had to walk on crutches, and then they, they uh, prescribed me this high-powered, you know, narcotic to knock out the pain. But for two weeks, my Bible... And uh, that book, Jesus the Healer, and Pastor Nancy's book, uh, The Healer Divine, the yellow one, I fed on that, fed on that, fed on that, fed on that. Well, the day came. We were going to get up on a day and go look at a horse and uh, over in Shepherdsville and uh, going to drive there. Well, I swung over, and I had those crutches were there, and the medicines. I'm trying to think how I'm going to navigate all this day with this pain. And when I swung my legs across the floor, I, that faith that I'd been, that the blade sprung up out of my heart. Faith came alive. I've been feeding on the Word. So I, I had it then. And this is the way it came out of me. I said something, and I did something. Amen? Now, don't judge me because of the way I said it. I'm just telling you the truth about it, and it worked. I said, okay, God, here's what you're going to do. 
If you did not want me to expect you to heal me right now, you should not have written it down where I could read it. That's exactly the way I said it. That's exactly what I said. If you didn't want me to expect you to heal me right now, you should not have written it down in your book where I could read it. So I said, here's what you're going to do. You're going, I'm not taking the crutches today. I'm not taking any of that medicine. I'm going to stand up on my feet. You're going to heal me, and that's it. Now, that makes religious fur mad. I mean, that, that, you talk, that's like heresy in a lot of settings. But I'm not making a demand on God. Faith has come alive in my heart, and I'm now making a demand on the covenant that I have. It doesn't displease him. He loved it. I stood up, and I took one very wincing step of pain, and then another lighter step. And by the time I got the third, fourth step, I'm walking like this. That pain boogied. That pain took off. It's never happened again, never coming back. Now, I'm not, I'm not even, God did that. But see, there's a good example in the area of healing where I work the whole process. I had to take time, meditate on the Word, feed the Word of God into my heart, sow that Word, amen. Then faith came alive, but once it came alive, I had to do something. I had to say it. When I said it and when I did it in real faith, power flowed. It was instant. It was instant. God did in a minute what the doctors could not do. God do the same for you in any area. I said he'll do the same for you in any area. All right. We're coming to the end here. Landing gears out. We're on final approach. Amen. Acts chapter 14. Hallelujah. Let's look at a Bible account here to illustrate really good what I'm talking about. And it says in, uh, praise God, in verse number 7, and there they, Paul and his, his ministry team, they preached the gospel. How does faith come? Faith comes by hearing. That's why, that's why you, the, the preaching of the word is necessary. And there, there where they were preaching, sat a certain man at Lystra. He was impotent in his feet. Right? What would that mean? Well, it tells you. He's a cripple. How long has he been a cripple? Oh, he was born that way all his life. Cripple from his mother's womb who never had walked. Whom never had walked. You think about all those years. Never run and played. Never played tag. Never got to skip. Never got to jump. Never got to feel the dignity of standing on your own two feet. Having to be carried everywhere. Having to be nursed. That's his condition. The same, verse 9, heard Paul speak. Steadfastly, now referring to Paul, who steadfastly beholding him and perceiving, mark these words, that he had faith to be healed. Did, now, words matter in the Bible. Do you see that, Brother Kevin? The Bible says the man had faith to be healed. Is he healed? Is there any evidence that the power of God is moving and manifesting? And yet he's got faith to be healed. And Paul's preaching along like you do sometimes if you're ever a preacher. And I can tell when people are 
and when the light bulb goes off. You could see the twinkle in their eye when they go, I've heard all my life that God will heal me. Maybe, maybe he won't. But I just, and that, that bell, the light bulb, right? You see him. No doubt, this is what Paul, Paul perceiving that the man had faith to be healed. Now notice, what did Paul do next? He said with a loud voice, stand upright on your feet. Now, knowing what we know now about faith, what is Paul doing? He's, he's trying to help the brother. You've got faith in your heart to be healed of this. Implement your faith. Swing the hammer, man. Put your faith to work. So he gave him an action. Stand up on your feet. And what does the Bible say? He leaped and he walked. He leaped and he walked. He leaped and he walked. Glory to God. And they, they thought that Paul and Silas were gods. Yeah, this is how they got into prison. Yeah, amen. Glory to God. Well, actually, that was a different, different thing, cast a devil out of a girl in another chapter. But uh, anyway... Do you see, when, when do you think the power of God hit his feet? When he moved, when he put his faith to work, when he acted on what he believed. So notice this, faith, God's power doesn't come the moment faith lands in your heart. The power of God comes when you get the faith of God out of your heart, out of your mouth, and into action. And you don't do it out of your head. Two weeks I laid there and I didn't, I didn't get the unction to stand up on my feet. I just laid there reading the Word, reading the Word, talking the Word, thinking about the Word, talking to God about the Word. But then that unction came. That quickening came. Same thing with Brother Hagin. He laid on that bed for 16 months. 16 months he laid on that bed. But finally the day came he saw it. He said, I see it. Mark eleven twenty four. 24, I see it. Right here with no symptom, with all the paralysis, I've got to believe I received my healing. And then the voice of God came to him. Now you believe you're well. He goes, I sure do. I sure do. I believe I'm well. And then the voice spoke to him again and said, well, people ought to be up this time of morning. And he had to take those paralyzed, atrophied legs and set them on the floor. He said his lower legs hit the thing like you dropped clunks of wood on the floor, deader than a doornail, no feeling. Grabbed the bedpost with all of his might, pulled himself to an upright position, felt nothing. He's acting on what he believes. And with tears streaming down his face, he said, I want God to know I want the Lord Jesus Christ to know all the uh, angels that may be here present. I want the devil to know and any demons that might be here present that I believe I'm healed. And he said then, when he said that, it was like a pot of hot honey hit him in the top of the head. 
and he felt something. And that honey went down into his body, down into his waist. He said when it did, all those nerve endings began to fire up. He said it hurt so bad like I was getting stung with 10,000 needles. He said, but to feel anything, even though it hurt like all get out, was so wonderful. He said it got down right out the end of my toes and I was standing there on my own power, healed by the power of God. No minister, no anointing oil, no prayer cloth, no faith seminar. He got it from the Word. Real faith will inspire an action. Real faith will inspire an action. Peter said to Jesus, If it be you, Lord, bid me to come to you on the water. And Jesus said, Come. And Peter stayed in the boat and said, Well, I believe it. I believe it. I don't need to, though. I just spoke impulsively. You know me, Jesus. I just talk out of my head all the time. I, I believe. I believe it's you. I, I. I believe I could walk on the water, but I. You know, all these people are watching, and the Bible says that he climbed down out of the boat. You didn't get that. Well, a lot of the people didn't get that either. He got down out of the boat to walk on the water. It's only then that power was necessary. It's only then was power necessary. The woman with the issue of blood, right? Had that disease 12 years. And then one day it says, you really ought to study that account, and I'm going to shut up after this story. But Mark chapter 5, verse 25, through about verse 32, 33. Learn it, study it, know it. Because everything that I've taught you so far in 10 weeks on faith, you could see it all in one afternoon in her situation. 12 long years. Suffered from a bleeding disease, a hemorrhaging disease. Suffered many things from many physicians. Spent all she had financially and was none better. And then it says, and she heard about Jesus. She what? She heard about Jesus. For she said, If I may but touch the hem of his garment, I shall be whole. So she left her house, went to the place where Jesus was, only to find him enthronged with people, got down on her hands and knees, and crawled through the crowd up behind Jesus and grabbed the hem of his garment. And then power flowed. The Bible says that she immediately felt in her body that she was healed of that plague. And Jesus turned about in the press and said, Who touched me? Who touched me? They said, Master, don't you see the multitude thronging thee? What do you mean, who touched you? He meant somebody touched me with a touch of faith. So she came before him, the Bible says, and told him the whole truth. And he looked at her and said, Daughter, you're the lucky one. God decided to heal today. He said, Daughter, thy faith, your faith has made you well. 
go in peace and be healed of thy plague. So, do you hear it? She, what turned it all around? What was the impact? She heard. It's not said, but it's, we know it. She believed what she heard in her heart. And what she believed came out of her mouth. She spoke it. Remember the one-two punch of faith? Believe it in your heart. Speak it with your mouth. Believe it in your heart. Speak it with your But then she just didn't say, sit there in her house with her confession. Her faith and confession inspired her to action. And she had to overcome all of her thoughts, the fears about being illegally out in public, subjecting herself to possible stoning in that day. She believed it. And she acted on what she believed. And she was healed exactly the way she said she would be. He didn't go, uh-uh, hold on a minute, i got to anoint you with oil. With oil. That's Hebrew for oil. <laughs> Jesus didn't say, no, no, honey, honey, I, that's, you're so sweet, but i got to talk to the Father and find out whether or not he wants to heal you or not. She had it before he even knew it. He didn't say, I'm sorry, uh, I, I've got to lay my hands on you, honey. It came exactly the way she said. If I but touch the hem of his garment, my leg was healed exactly the way I said it would. Right? How many times did Jesus say, according to your faith, be it unto you. The Bible says about the lepers that as they went, they were healed. Amen? Hallelujah. Well, we're learning. I hope you're leaving here and doing some things with what you're learning. Amen? Because it's not about hearing it, seeing it, and getting excited about it. You've got to go out there and live it. And we're coming into December, and it's time to start thinking about your 2023 saying list. What are you going to believe God for in 2023? Begin to let God speak to you about those things. Amen? Well, let me pray for you. Close your eyes. Father, in the name of Jesus.